Hey everyone, this is Rosalina. And this is Shauna. And we're your hosts for Too Young for This Shit podcast. This podcast is not just about boobs, but our journey with cancer. We are young millennials open about giving you our raw and unfiltered look into our lives. We are in no way medical professionals, nor are we offering medical advice. Any medical references are cited directly from public websites or from our personal diagnosis. Some topics and stories may be triggering to those who are fighting, have fought, or have loved someone with cancer. I had my fifth infusion and I literally had a breakdown. Oh, no. <laughs> I had a breakdown because I was like, I, you know how when you have only one more to do, you're like, I felt that I'm sick and tired of feeling tired <laughs> yeah, and not feeling normal. And so that's when like I just had a, a mental breakdown. And I was talking to my boyfriend and it's not that I – was saying this because I was thinking about not doing the sixth infusion. I was just saying like, what difference does it make if (laughs) I don't go to my sixth infusion? But I know it's super important to go and and obviously it's for my health and hopefully not to get a recurrence, but it's just tough, man. (laughs) This is tough. I was hysterical my fourth AC. Like, I remember I had, like, a breakdown in an oncologist's office pretty badly. And I had that breakdown because I think it was also, too, just, like, you know you're going to feel crummy Mm -hmm. after. And I just, like, it was almost like I had some, like, PTSD. Like, I was almost like I was panicked about Mm -hmm. that, you know. And I remember going in there and being like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Um, Like, really really upset then I cried with throughout my entire last infusion um but it was funny by the time I switched to the taxil I felt like I was like well, I can't get any worse than this and everyone right. says the taxil is better so I've gone in in like really good spirits you know that's every good other time yeah I cried this past week I don't know I just hate getting the cap on uh, like the pulling of the cap makes me like I just want to lose. I like, I lose it. I don't know. I don't know if it's the pulling or it's like the fact that I don't know if it's on correctly and I panic and, but I did cry my last infusion too. (laughs) Because of the cap. I think it's, I think I have like anxiety. Like if the cap isn't on correctly, then this isn't going to work. And like my hair has thinned like significantly. Oh, it has. All all over. Like, like kind of see, like I, it's definitely thin. I had an appointment to like go to like a wig place to like kind of see topper. And then I got halfway, mm-hmm. not even halfway there. I left my house in 15 minutes, like down, the, like, you know, I was going in 15 minutes on the way. And I was like, I am so tired that I think I actually have to turn around. I never even went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> I feel you on that part. Like, <laughs> Where you're super tired, you have no motivation no. to do anything. It's starting to happen like while I'm behind the wheel, so I'm like trying not to drive that much. I don't know. You don't have a car, right? No, I don't have a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and it's like far to Uber, or else I would do that. And I could, I don't yeah. know, have Matt take me, but yeah, I, fi- I find myself, I get in the car and I'm like, want to go home. Like all my plans, like even going to Target, I was like, mm, no, I'm going to turn around. 
And like going to Target is so much fun. It's just like therapy for me. So for you not being able to like go to Target. That and like Trader Joe's is like my favorite. Oh, me too. Yes. I I love love that. Joseph's is like, that's where I feel the most centered ever. Me too. Yeah. That's so funny. But we don't have one out here. Like I have one in the city, but out on Long Island. The closest one is like an hour away, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so Target's like my next, my next best thing. But I just like I was, I couldn't even. I'm, I'm tired. Like Taxol makes me really tired. I hit a wall like early, but I'm like still like I don't like I can't really complain. I like feel like I feel more like oh. well, but think of it this way: like it is cumulative. So you know, you're doing this yeah. every week. That. I think that's tough on the body. Yeah. I mean, my infusions are like easy. I feel like I go in, it's like pretty quick. I sleep the whole time, but I haven't been sleeping. Are you having like hot flashes yet? So, yeah, I think like a little bit at night, you know, I take the cover off and on like frequently um, because I get hot, but it's just like a small, moment of like hot flash and then I'm fine once I take off the cover but I I am having trouble sleeping a lot of trouble sleeping and it's it's because of like my I can't regulate my temperature I'm literally now just in like a flat like sheet to sleep in it might be your mattress like is your mattress memory foam (sighs) it is but it's like one of the cooling ones oh it's one of the cooling ones okay okay Yeah, yeah so I mean I don't know if it's that it's like, but also too, like I was having hot flashes before I was even diagnosed. Like I just, I think it's just the way I sleep. I sleep with like my blankets, like curled into my chest. And then the next thing I know, like I have to change my shirt because I'm drenched. Mm -hmm. So that's been like, and I've been just tossing and turning. My problem is like, I can go to sleep, but I wake up every three hours or four hours. Yeah. So, and it's annoying. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, I have to wait to like go back to sleep. And then I get impatient and then I go on my phone, which I know it's, it's bad to do that. Won't be able to go to sleep until like two hours later. I can't look at the time because then I start obsessing over how much time I have to sleep before I have to wake up. So then I panicking myself and then that's it. Then I'm up. (laughs) So I try not to look at my phone either. I was thinking, have you asked your oncologist about way to combat hot flashes? Like, is there anything that you can take? I think I'm going to ask her on um, Monday, actually, when I see her. Because I have to ask her something else, too. And now I forget what it was. But, um, yeah, I only see her every other week. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to ask her because it has gotten, like, and granted, it's been hot here in New York. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could just be like, like humid, a hot, it's like yeah. AC, but it's like, it's it's been humid. Like, I think I'm just like overall, like, I don't know, like ready for like sweater weather. I love the fall. Like, that's the perfect time to wear a sweater. Winter time, I don't know, but <laughs> fall, like, yes. yes. Love fall. Like, that's what I'm looking for. Just when you go outside and there's, like, a little yeah. light in the air, but, like, not too much, you know? But I'm looking forward to that, so. So for, like, hot flashes, um, 
my oncologist told me to get this natural pill. I think it's called Evening Prime Rose. I think I told you about it, but yeah, sorry. It's it's Evening Prime Rose yeah, oil. Yeah, I thought for some reason that that was it was an oil. Yeah, but it, it's it's in a pill form. Oh, okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was just like a regular oil. Oh, okay. I'm definitely going to be ordering. I would ask her. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've been taking that on and off. <laughs> That's my fault for not doing it. But <laughs> um, I definitely asked her, like, can you prescribe me with something that's natural? Because I read on the Facebook groups, um, this, they take, like, I think it's called EXFOR, I think. And that's like an antidepressant. Yeah. And one thing that I tend to be careful of is yeah. when people recommend a certain medication where the person probably has no clue that it's antidepressant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a friend that takes like Cymbalta, which is also a, it's an antidepressant, but she takes it for pain and like neuropathy. Okay, yeah. So she's like not even taking it for like the initial like, like what the pill is made for. That's one thing I definitely try to be careful when I um, read these like breast cancer Facebook posts. Because I, I mean, I don't want to be on antidepressant. <laughs> that is the last thing I want to be on. <laughs> No, and I mean, like, I've struggled with anxiety my whole life. You know, I had a prescription for Xanax since I was in high school. Like, never, I rarely take it unless, like, I'm at the top of absolutely necessary. But there was a point where my anxiety was kind of, like, through the roof. Yeah. And uh, my general practitioner was like, you might want to try something. And I was like, all right, like, I'll try it. And I did it for a month. And I, I felt like a zombie. Like, I felt like I had no feelings. Like, I, it was almost like, like, kind of, I guess, in a weird way, like, how you know, we've talked about like shock value, like, and just not having like a reaction to certain things, like after you've been diagnosed, because there's been so much that has come at you now that like mm. that shock value is gone. And I felt like that's what it was like being on being, on, I think I was on Lexapro where I just felt like you couldn't get a reaction out of me. Like everything was just like, you didn't feel like yourself at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I just was, I'll never do that again. And it was like scary because it was almost like I just didn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't me at all. That is so scary. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'll, st I'll stick with the natural. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what you said. All right. Are you excited for your last chemo, though? Yeah. So um, I think what's holding me grounded is that my brothers and my sister-in-law is coming for my last one. And I think I needed that the most is for them to come mm -hmm. and you know be strong with me because it's tough when you know people say you know be strong be strong and you try to be but you can't so I'm relying <laughs> on them to be strong for me so you know I'm excited because it's the last one but I'm not excited for you know, the aftermath of feeling like crap. Yeah. Yeah. But at least it will be the last time. And that's like such a nice, I, know. I like look forward to yeah. that day. 
I just purchased my last um, Dignicap treatment and that I felt relieved. I no longer have to go on that fucking website. Yeah. <laughs> Purchase the treatment card. <laughs> yeah, I have to buy a treatment card like each time because like that's what they use to put in the machine. I have like a token. Like, you know, like a tab thing. Uh, like that's what mine is. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just like I prepaid. I think I have to prepay for like, I think I have to pay for the first four and five and then whatever the last one was mm-hmm. um, but you're like going on your seventh or sixth for taxel for taxel um I no no sorry going... no you're like 11th because it will be my 11th treatment yeah. total yeah uh mm-hmm. and uh yeah so i technically only have like six more weeks or something five more weeks or something whatever after monday will be which is like so awesome there's like a light at the end of the tunnel and like i think also too because now like i'm kind of used to the cat like i go in i take my anxiety medicine and i'm like sleeping like i sleep the whole Mm -hmm. thing and then they wake me up and i take it off and then we're out the door like it's quick like i i kept coming into chemo with like bags of stuff like i don't do come in with like a suitcase worth of like blankets and this and that i actually started to minimize the stuff that i bring <laughs> i'm minimized fully i come in with the cap and i just have like a bag like they have blankets there i was like okay i'm just gonna use their blankets yeah yeah i bring my big snuggy thing like my oh, yeah but i love my comfy um because it's i don't know i like that and then i have like a blanket with me and then because i brought me so too much stuff I first came up yeah bring candy like you for the mouth sores and you know then you have like i'm having a very very difficult time icing my hands i do it for like 15 minutes and then i'm yeah. like get it off me i'm done i don't want to do this it's yeah. bad enough this is on my head like i'm really struggling i'm starting to feel like a little bit of neuropathy in my hands and feet not like terribly but i can't do the ice it's the hardest part i think that is a little scary when you feel like little tinglings and then all of a sudden you get like anxiety because you're like okay am i experiencing neuropathy <laughs> but i've i've had those scares for yeah. sure mm-hmm. yeah and i just so that's like a struggle but like for the most part i literally will go and like i brought you know we used to, i used to pack like snacks and like i don't know, dry mouth like pills i bought like the dry mouth dry pills. Mouth I, pill. the dry, I, like, I didn't hear about those <laughs> Yeah, I think it's called. I forget what it's called. I'll look it up for you. Um, but that and like the dry mouth mouthwash. Like I spent like fifteen dollars on this mouthwash that I never used. Oh yeah, I spent a lot of money on like yeah, all these on things. things I didn't even use. Yeah, and like I mean, I guess I'm like I'm happy that I was prepared, you know. But like, so not necessary. Mm-hmm. And I don't even like everyone was like bring a charger, bring a computer, bring all this. Stuff. I don't even bring any of my stuff. I'm like I was sleeping this entire time. Not even. Yeah, I did it. I just brought my phone, headphones, and I'm like, if I'm going to do anything, I'm just going to like listen to music. That's it. But I don't know. Just wearing the cap itself, it's so cold that I don't want to do anything. I don't know how people could play games, just do stuff on their computer. I I can't do that. I need to sleep. (laughs) I don't even want to. 
flat. Like I literally like my dad came with me once and he was great. He was like, I got so nice. much emails done. Like he's like, I was sleeping the whole time. <laughs> I got all my emails done, like sitting here. He's like, This was great. <laughs> You know, and I just like, I always feel bad. Like Matt's pretty good because he'll, you know, he'll do stuff on his phone or he'll do, you know, he'll bring a computer and get things done. I felt a little bit bad for him. Like he keeps himself busy enough to, to whatever. And then um, I felt bad for my sister. Oh, I think my sister thought we were going to yeah. like hang out. And I was like, good night. Like, <laughs> yeah, Brian, um, Brian actually works during my infusion. He doesn't have meetings like that because he's a software engineer. So <laughs> Mm-hmm. All he does, you know, it's like actually coding wise and less meetings. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, he just does his work during the infusion. So do you have him take you a majority of the time or do you have like chemo guests? He is the main person for my first infusion. I had my mom. And then for my fourth, I had my best friend. And then my yes. sixth would be my brothers and my sister-in-law. You can have more than one person come with no. you. So they have to like take yeah. turns essentially. Yeah. I can only bring one person in. And now like my infusion center is getting like really crazy. Like they make you like if you come in in like a cloth mask, they'll make you change to like the medical mask. I think now with like the Delta variant, everyone's just like trying to like be like super, super cautious there, mm-hmm. which I mean, granted, like is serious. Yep. And I can take like that whole cancer center. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my nurse who's the bomb she is not going to be there for my sixth infusion because she's like going back to school and so I think she's kind of working part-time so for my fifth infusion it was like a sad moment in a way because you know I, I loved her she made things very smooth and if there was anything that happened she would resolve it and like try to make me feel great um so I'm just wondering how the sixth infusion would be but you know for my first one like Mm -hmm. the nurse was nice but she definitely made a mark on my arm (laughs) so I don't know (laughs) but it was my first one so maybe you know oh yeah and not leave any marks on my arm because I actually have oh you know what I actually have two marks on my arm I don't know I I feel like whenever I show my arms I don't want someone to think that (laughs) I don't know like I'm injecting yeah 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 you have a a problem Uh, I have a problem yeah yeah (laughs) um my chemo nurse you know I've had quite a few at this point but I've had one the last like few weeks who I've loved like and I don't find out like I think if I log into the app now they'll tell me if I have her I hope to god I have her on Monday she's just so great and um yeah I don't know I just they're like assigned to you yeah like it'll tell me who my my chemo nurse is that day on my on my uh, my chart app Mm -hmm. can you request a nurse I don't know I you might I just never yeah I was kind of just like we're here just I don't you know whatever it is just handle it but I like this one because you know when I get the Zolodex shot in my stomach I've had a couple of other people do it for me where I'm bruised until I get my next one 28 days later like they the first one whoever the first nurse was hit like hit a vein or something because my stomach was black oh come on 
Oh, I so know. And, and the thing is, I still have like a, like, a, like a dark circle from it like on my stomach. Like it's still like not even healed. That happened in May. So I've had like a couple of that. Like I bruise. I mean, the needle is jive freaking enormously. Not to scare anybody who's not, you know, hasn't had one yet. But the needle is just like, it's like, it's like getting stabbed with a pen. Like that's how big it is. Yeah, I wonder because like for the Lupron shot, they actually do it above my butt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering like why they have to do the shot on your stomach. I don't know. I feel like that's such a sensitive area. I mean, I don't know too. I feel like, I mean, I guess after IVF stuff, <laughs> you know, now like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Right after two rounds of IVF, I'm like, this is, I mean. And I still only have to go once a month. I mean, that freaking needle is huge. Like, it's gonna bruise, without a doubt. You know, but the lady who, my chemo nurse, that's my favorite. Her name is Caitlin. She did it in a way where, like, I bruised and it's already gone. She did it last week or two weeks ago and it's already gone. Pretty particular. And I will request a nurse <laughs> if I feel like they do a good job. And it's just for me and just so I can, like, calm my nerves <laughs> and not be so anxious. Yeah when someone actually like draws my blood or does infusion mm-hmm. or does like the Lupron shot, you know, I don't know. I just like to have consistency yeah. and yeah, no, no, I'll know that the person will do a good job. <laughs> yeah. It's funny though. Cause some of them I had, you know, I had only like once, you know, I had like an Asian woman and that was like, she was for mm-hmm. my fourth infusion. My last AC where I like, Mm-hmm. kind of lost my mind and was like hysterical and she was good because she like didn't you know like the chemo nurse i love like will come in and we'll like we'll joke and you know she's she yells at me for not drinking <laughs> enough water during the week and like you know like we're like yeah. friendly you know friendly this one i just like i guess read the energy where i was just like in no place to like you're getting like my name and my birthday and like that's you're getting that bare yeah. minimum you know you know and I think it was like good. Like she was like good to have yeah. that day. No, that's you know? good. That she she read the room and <laughs> it was like, okay, yeah. she's not playing right now. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna talk about our lifestyles and support groups. For the support groups, Shauna and I have different when we join the support groups and the reason why we join the, the support groups are a little bit different. And I think this is great in the sense that like, you know, you get my opinion and then you also get her opinion. And I don't know, I think this episode would be really interesting. So in terms of, you know, when we join the support groups, I'll say that when I was first diagnosed, you know, there was a lot of unknowns and I was trying to just slowly focus on what my doctors are telling me and less about what the internet is saying. For like a couple of weeks, I didn't try to find any like Facebook support groups until I think before I had the MRIs when I decided, okay, let me see if there's any Facebook support groups just maybe to get any information. I joined some of them and I was so scared. 
I was scared of what I saw. I, it freaked me out. Like I saw so many posts of people saying like what they're diagnosed with, what stage they were in. Um, and you know, they had like lip nodes involvement and all those stuff. And I, one during that time I was in denial that I had breast cancer and two, I was in denial that I had any lip nodes involved. So I didn't want to be involved in that Facebook group that it could potentially like give me anxiety of all the information that I was seeing that it may not pertain to me, you know, like I, I didn't want to scare myself. So I joined them and then my boyfriend was like, why did you join them? Like you're, you're going to like freak yourself out. So I unfollowed these like Facebook groups. I basically was on them for like a day and then I unfollowed them. So I didn't join back until after my surgery because then there my mindset was a little clearer. Like I already knew what my diagnosis was. I already knew all the information that the doctors were giving me. So anything that I saw in these Facebook groups, you know, even though some of them may not pertain to me, I guess like I was no longer scared because I knew what my story was. It was more in the sense of I joined these Facebook groups because I wanted to see if there was any other younger women. That's the reason why I joined them was just to see if there was anyone else who was my age going through this. I didn't want to be alone. I felt like I was too young for this shit to happen. And I wanted someone that I can like relate to. So the main reason why I joined these support groups and, and of course, like later on, the different chemo regimens and radiation and like swapping from expanders to implant. Um, later on, like I, I did wanted to get information of like people's opinion and what they've gone through. But in the beginning, I just wanted to find someone that I could relate to. Yeah, I'm definitely. Um, I, I was not in denial. Like, <laughs> about my diagnosis. Um, I, I feel like my body, like I knew my brain knew that, you know, when I had, you know, saw my lump for the second time in, in December, like, I think I, I really did deep down, like knew that this was it. Like I knew, you know, I was on a web MD a lot too, which was, you know, also something I do not recommend, but you know, I, I, I think I just knew. And for me, I, I'm somebody that just needs to be like the most informed and I, I need to know what's going on. And I need to like to walk into my doctor's office, like knowing what she was talking about. So I think it was like the night I got my diagnosis or maybe it was the night of my biopsy. And I, I went home and I just started to get on Facebook and was like, I need to find like some sort of group. I like need to, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm a nanny in New York city. We have a ton of nanny groups that are like the most helpful, you know, like I, I go there for certain things. I go there for like really anything. Like if I need to vent about a situation, you know, that happened at work or 
I want projects or if I want, you know, like it's just like such an amazing source of like resources basically and community. And um, I wanted to find that within like this breast cancer community, trying to find like something where I can get as much information as possible. So I ended up joining two actually that night. And then it wasn't until like maybe a couple weeks after where I found the Young Survivor Coalition Facebook group, which was amazing because that was all women, you know, 40 and under. Um, and that I, you know, you feel definitely like I can't relate to a woman who's 70, you know, going through this, you know, like I needed somebody that was on my level that cared about like the cosmetic reconstruction. I mean, I'm, I'm, well, now I'm 33, but I was 32 at the time. Like I wanted them to like look good after this was over. And I, you know, I wanted to get, you know, every, I wanted to see what the lumpectomy, like you know, the differences and do people regret it? Like that was another big thing for me. You know, when I had gone to my surgeon, they told me like, you're not going to be able to save your nipples. Your tumor is large. You're going to have to do at least a single mastectomy, you know? And, you know, I wanted to see, did people regret that? Like, did people regret going, you know, getting one and not doing the other? Like, I just needed to be like informed about everything. And I really did. You want to know what else I like, I loved is that like, these women are not afraid to show you pictures of their reconstruction. And I thought that that was so helpful. That is super helpful. I was definitely shocked when women would just share their pictures. That's such a vulnerable spot. They would show their shitty, you know, like reconstruction too, just to be helpful. And I love that. Like, even though I'm, I'm sorry that happened to you, but it's, helpful for women like us who are going through the reconstruction or will be going through the reconstruction to understand what went wrong for them and like maybe I don't know if there is a way that we can avoid that as much as possible that would be great it gave me some hope too because some of these women's reconstructions I mean they look better than their original breasts Mm -hmm. like I saw some women where I was like you know, they, a lot of them got to like nipple spare, which, you know, like I was just like, their boobs look amazing. Like, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I, the, the scars were, you know, and even the ones that had posted like a couple years later, you got to see how their scars healed. And, you know, like, cause when you first look at your chest after your surgery, I mean, it is, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. Yeah. When you have the expanders on, it looks like you have balloons. Like a big softball. Yeah, expanders in general. And and like that's the thing too. It's yeah, they're round, they're hard, and they're you know what I'm saying? They don't look nice, you know? And it's like you almost think like, is this what my I always call them my temp titties? <laughs> like when I get my exchange, are they gonna look like this? Like, you know, like you know, so yeah. that was really helpful. And um, you know, and then all of a sudden now you're hearing everyone's chemo regimens and you know, comparing you know, we have the same diagnosis. I was able to get like a really good sense of like, if I was going to have to do chemo, what the chemo was going to be. I remember getting ready for surgery and going on there and Mm -hmm. being like, what do I need for a mastectomy? You know, and these women just flooded me with like all these excellent products that I like absolutely used throughout my entire recovery, you know, and they're like so helpful. And like, even too, like on bad days, like there's been times where like I posted and being like, you know, I feel terrible. You have these women that are just like, you can do it. This isn't going to be forever. You can do it, you know, praying for you or this or that. And it's like, I just remember like reading the posts and being like, 
this is like such a nice thing to be a part of. It's just so helpful to be a part of. You know, they told me what to pack in my chemo bag. Like, you know, I just felt like I was getting some of them were giving me more information than I was getting from my like surgeon and my oncologist at one point. You know, I went in there already knowing everything that they were telling me. And and I thought that that was like really amazing and really helpful. Um, But don't get me wrong. Like there's days where I get super caught up reading Mm -hmm. these posts, like you said, you know, and I've cried at a few of them, you know, like you almost just you just like see like the despair and like the lack of hope in some of these women. And it's just like it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Super, super heartbreaking. And that's why I think it's good to tell yourself to take breaks, take a break from Facebook once in a while, or maybe go into the Facebook group settings and make sure that you don't always allow like notifications because it could really get to you. There are good times when these Facebook groups are really helpful. And then there's like really bad times when you get really caught up and you just feel like giving up essentially <laughs> because of everything that you're reading scary because especially the the posts where women talk about they were stage two stage three before and then all of a sudden they had like reoccurrence and then now they're stage four that is the most scariest thing Mm -hmm. i've i think ever read (laughs) to be honest you're questioning whether this would also happen to you and we don't know yeah unfortunately, because cancer is more complex than we would like it to be. And just because like a regimen works for me or it works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for someone else, you know? And, and right, right. You know, it, it can be discouraging. You know, like I felt like I kept going on there for, for hope, kept going on these support groups and chatting with women. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even just um, like Facebook. Like I met a few girls on Instagram who one girl's, I think, a couple weeks, started a couple weeks before me. She's now doing her, um, she's now doing um, radiation and stuff. But like, I, you know, connecting with her was, you know, I just, I felt like I needed like a little bit of hope. Like I needed to talk to people that were doing, going through yeah. this. And like, also I've had some like, success, you know, you want to hear the success stories. You want to hear, you know. Yes. You yeah. You want to hear that. Um, you know. Yeah. Another thing with, you know, doing IVF and, you know, I, yeah, you know, I wanted to know like how many women were able to have kids after going through chemo with naturally or, yep. you know, like, you know, and there's quite a few. And like, had I not asked, I wouldn't even have, have known, you know, like everyone, I think just assumes mm-hmm. like your ovaries are just fried after chemo and it can, I mean, don't get me wrong. It can cause infertility, but you know, a lot of women mm-hmm. said I carried a really, you know, had a really healthy pregnancy and carried a baby full term and they're perfect, you know, which mm-hmm. was nice to hear. That's one of the things where not that my doctors have told me this, but I think back in the day um, from what I read with some of the posts, like doctors would tell women like, you know, you won't be able to carry a baby anymore. And it's nice to prove them wrong. (laughs) And it's also nice that these women who had breast cancer, you know, 
years back, like in the 90s and the early 2000s, and they're still in the Facebook groups. I find that to be super helpful as well, because especially the ones where they mention, you know, like I had breast cancer when I was 26, 27. Now I'm 40 and I'm like X years cancer free. Those are the stories that, you know, you want to see, but it's very like encouraging that your life could be this way as well. Yeah. I think for you, Shauna, you really took advantage of like asking questions and, you know, really talking to these women. I, I feel like I'm still in that stage where I'm opening up and getting more involved and like um, answering some of these women's questions because before like I did it I would just read and then I Mm -hmm. I would just be like okay these other women would answer I wasn't ready just trying to figure out my own and that's invalid for now like oh like you're your number one focus right now but you know like you don't need to be like answering questions and being there for, for like complete strangers you know what I'm saying like it's you know, had this been like a friend that this is you're going through, you know, going through the same same mm-hmm. thing, then like that's something different. But like you don't technically know any of these women. You feel for these women, but like it, it I mean, to even write the posts and think about what you want to say, like it does. It's it, mm-hmm. it's energy that you're you know, it's your energy that you're using. So it's you have to place that energy wherever is like good for you, you know? And if that's mm-hmm. like on yourself trying to figure out your own shit, that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. I actually recently asked a question on the chemo cappers Facebook group about, you know, if anyone had Aetna insurance and how did they get their cap like approved? There was this woman who commented mm-hmm. and she was so helpful. <laughs> I I was just so grateful for her. Like she messaged me and told me the process. And I'm like, oh my God, you're an angel. My whole Dignicap service treatment costs almost $3,000. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And I hope that my insurance is able to cover that. And he has a lot back. of money. Well, do you also, does your infusion center charge you to you? No. So mine does. I have to pay $75 a week. So that's like, oh, that's wow. not like I already paid that's I paid Paxman for the, the cold cap and like, the, you know, did all the treatments that way. But every week I have to go in and pay $75 for to use. They're the just trying to suck out anything mm-hmm. that they can get just because no, it's an inconvenience for them to <laughs> have this yeah. in their like facility. Wow. Right. I don't know if they have to, it's like ice thing that they have to put in there and like that's what they charge you for. I have no idea. But uh yeah. I, I mean it's it, it's gonna cost you know, when everything's said and done, it's about three thousand dollars. And that's you know, like three thousand dollars on top of everything that you fucking have to pay for, you know, your surgery, <laughs> big fucking expander, <laughs> seeing all these doctor visits. Yeah. It's it's a lot, but yeah, and expensive. I, I do find that you know I, I'm read some stories where I'm crying, and, and you know I'll be like, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, 
this poor woman. She's got four kids. She's stage four. You know, she did everything that she was supposed, you know, supposed to. She was on tamoxifen. She was doing the Zolodex shots. Like she was doing everything that they told her to do. And now she's stage four. And and I was like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. like that's really sad. But like your reaction right now is very very strong for somebody you don't know. But it's like that potentially down the road could be you or could be me. And it's like it is it gets a little consuming. Like I've had to find myself. Being like, okay, we're turning the phone off now. Like, you are, you're done with the support groups today, you know? Then mm-hmm. I also remember I, how desperate I was, like, wanting to ask questions, wanting answers, and then being like, now I feel like I do in a weird way. Like, I owe that to, like, these new people coming in. Like, I met a girl in my nanny groups that 34 and has a two-year-old and is going through the same thing. And, you know, she's, um, she's going to do chemo before surgery, even though she's, uh, same as us, like ERPR positive, HER2 negative. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's been messaging me a bunch. And I just like, I feel for her. I like, I, I talk to her almost every day via Facebook Messenger, just like trying to make sure like she's okay. And like, want to get help yeah. get her through it. And it's just like, mm-hmm. not my job, but I do feel it like a sense of responsibility to do that because I've done, I've been through this. And if it can help anybody, like, I guess that's the whole point of this podcast too. It's just like, if we can help anybody, like that's the main goal. And I don't know, but it is, it's exhausting. It is very exhausting, but in another way, it's very informative. When I was recovering from surgery, once I got my results back that, you know, Dr. Baker, who's my breast surgeon, she took 24 lymph nodes and 12 was positive I knew chemo was in my future (laughs) so I did some research on the Facebook group because there's actually like a search bar where you can just search like chemo regimen yeah like the topics and I was just trying to get myself informed of what's coming and I think for me that was the most informative part of my whole journey. And I think that it was great that I joined the group after I was recovering from surgery. I came to the medical oncologist already having knowledge of these chemo regimens and like the symptoms and stuff. So I was able to ask better questions. And so I, yeah, I think like the Facebook group definitely was very supportive. In the that. cult groups too, because you, you know, when I was thinking about doing it, I was like, you know, trying to figure out, you know, who has had success in my chemo regimen, you know, and then people would post pictures, you know, they'll post. And, you know, you'll see the amount of hair loss some of these women have had didn't have success. It scared you. Most like, do I want to spend two, three thousand dollars and end up losing my hair anyways? So like that also caused a lot of anxiety as far as like the hair situation, which for both of us, that was very important for us to keep our hair. Yes. And it was that chemo cappers Facebook group was really helpful because, like you mentioned, you wanted to see people who had success with the chemo regimen that you're going to be on. I would like search TC and then mm-hmm. kind of read through who had TC, but then who also wore like the dinner cap and, and see if they had any success 
I also like learned that there was different companies yep. that do these capping, which I didn't know about. My facility just told me like DignaCap is what they have. Another thing that was really helpful is the process and the steps that these women take, just like brushing their hair once a day, using a specific shampoo and conditioner. Apple cider vinegar rinses, you know, I would have never known to do something like that. Because you do, like, if you're not washing your hair, if you're yes. only washing your hair once a week, the amount of buildup you get is a lot. Yes. It's like, they recommend, you know, different products and different ways to, yes. to, you know, clean your scalp and try to maintain as much of your hair as possible, which is nice. Yeah. And then also what was really helpful for me is after you're done with these like regimens, you know, some people actually experience their loss of their eyelashes and their eyebrows. And so that was really great to know because, you know, as of right now, like I, I haven't lost completely all my eyelashes or eyebrows, but it may happen. I'm like, I'm a, I think I have like maybe three or four in each eyeball right now. Oh, really? I microbladed. So I have. I know uh, that's, that's one thing I totally like missed. I missed that part. I missed that like these women would microblade and I wish I, I did that. I tell you, well, also because there was, I just knew there was no way I was ever going to be able to paint that shit on. Like, I just knew that I was going to end up looking more crazy. Yeah. And uh, I, I just was like, I, that was actually one of the first appointments that like, I was like, okay, like, like, you know, once I found out my IVF stuff, I was like, all right, we're doing like, I'm getting, I'm getting this, I'm doing this and did research and found a great person that did it. But uh, there's like three on each eye. <laughs> How are you feeling about that? It is what it is. I mean. I kind of look, a, it looks a okay. little strange, but um, you like take your eyelashes for granted. Like the amount of like gunk that gets in your eyes or like, you know, like pollen things like your eyelashes protect that. So to not have that, like keep waking up with these super swollen eyes. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I mean, they'll grow back, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> I read on these Facebook groups that even though like these women lost their eyelashes, they got it back, I think like in three weeks or so, like two to three weeks yeah. is what I read. Like, like post chemo. Yeah. yeah. Post chemo. And with the caps to your hair, I saw this one girl who I chat with and she had her last chemo was in May, I think mm-hmm. May or end of April. And like, she has like three inches of hair growth since then nice and that's like a lot like your hair does not grow that quickly mm-hmm. you know i mean unless you you know people some people hair does their natural hair just like grows naturally quickly but i mean like after chemo i mean she has like significant growth mm-hmm. she cold cap too so i keep joking around with matt i'm like i'm gonna look like Teresa caputo you know like who Teresa caputo is she's the the long island medium that has this no, insane hair but it's like a mushroom like it like it's like super big and then at the ends it's like super thin. Like <laughs> Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Like, a couple months I'm gonna be looking like that, you know. Get to read good stories about these women who, you know, lost a lot of their hair and they're able to see regrowth quickly. You know, like some women say like twelve weeks after chemo and that twelve weeks 
you know, it's for me, it's like early December and I'm going back home. And so if I'm able to like Mm -hmm. have my bald spots covered, like that is a success for me. (laughs) And that's something that I look forward to. Mine is starting to grow back. I have some growth. They said on Taxol between like a lot of women said like between again from the whole Catherine group between like five, their fifth and sixth session that they're starting to get their hair back. Like there's some hair on my legs now and other parts of my body. And um, I definitely mm-hmm. like go and get my hair washed every week. My friend does it mm-hmm. for me in her salon. She's an angel. And she said, she's like, you have some new growth and it's all growing in white. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> that's not what you want to see. <laughs> I'm like, I, I mean, I don't even care. Well, also, too, you can't color yeah, your yeah. hair for like three months after. I'm going to be looking crazy. So we're just going to be rocking Facebook cap probably for the next six months, which is fine. I have to ask you, when you were looking for support groups, did you join any of the Healing Cancer Naturally group? No. It's so funny you ask. So I remember seeing a Facebook post where this woman was asking, you know, like, is there any natural stuff that I can do? Basically saying that she doesn't want to go towards like the routes that the doctors are recommending. And I remember seeing a comment that this person said is like, I forgot what she exactly said, but basically like people who go towards like the natural routes you don't necessarily like see them on these groups because like they eventually like die because they're not going towards what the doctors recommend and so that basically told me like man this is serious like I'm not going to play around and try to do these natural healing stuff like I'm going to do exactly what my doctors tell me because I want to live you know, we have spoken about finding like a fine line of being like, I want to do as much natural as possible, but I'm also like a huge believer in science. And I think they go hand in hand, you know, and I, I'll never forget joining this group and just kind of hearing what other people, you know, recommended. Like, Oh yeah, that's right. You did join the group. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I joined yeah. that group like in the beginning, like not, you know, just trying to see, I just wanted to know what other people were doing. Like I always just, you know, and then my friend's mom, um, is very anti big pharma and believes that there's a cure for cancer and you know just basically everything's like kind of a conspiracy and she like highly recommended that I don't do any type of chemo or radiation she was like wow. absolutely not you're going to follow this alkaline diet chakras and you're going to be fine you know we're going to starve your cancer you're not going to need anything and i just remember leaving and being like I mean, I'm definitely, I'll try the alkaline diet. We'll do that. But like, I'm, if they're telling me to get chemo, I'm getting chemo. Like, there's just not like, she was just kind of being like, you're not going to need any of that. We're going to starve your cancer. And I was kind of like, all right, that's a, that's a pretty bold. That's a very bold thing to say. Yeah. Right. And I can't imagine going and telling my dad this or telling my sister this and them looking at me being like, yeah, that's a really great idea. Yeah. You know, um, then I was going in the groups and there was women that were juice, green juices, you know, and then like, then they would get this laundry list of supplements that like things I've never even heard of, things I would never even know where to get. And it's like, so basically you're taking like a hundred different freaking supplements a day. It, it's just like not doable, you know, the best one, the absolute best one. 
is the people that it's some sort of protocol. I can't think of the name of it. You have to get it at Petco. You have to go to like an actual pet store, like a dog dewormer or like a parrot, like, you know, yeah, dewormer, like, like to get rid of parasites. And they're taking these pills and swearing that it cured their cancer. That's the thing where I question, like, do they go to their doctors and get tests done where it notifies them that they don't have cancer anymore? Like, how are they, you know, relying on this? I don't know, but I can't imagine, like, going into a pet store and asking. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Or a cat and then having that cure my cancer. It just yeah, doesn't that's... seem safe. It actually doesn't seem safe. No, it doesn't seem safe at, at all. It, there's yeah. a reason why it's for dogs and not for humans. <laughs> I'm like, I, I just, I, I remember reading this and being like, what? <laughs> so go back and read some more about it because I was like, this is wild. Like, I, this is not normal. Did you see that a lot of people like went and, and bought it? There was there like a lot of comments. Yeah, people okay, do yeah. it. People do it. Um, but it's like a lot. Like you know, there's people just like spewing these like regimens that they did. You know, some people are like it. It worked, and then it was like by the you know. Then you get the religious people in there. They're like, by the grace of God and this regimen, I am cancer free. And you're like, I don't. You just don't know how real this is. You know, like that's another thing too. Like it's like over a lot of these people's heads. Like. But also, okay, when I'm recommending something to someone, I want to make sure that it's safe. And also, like, cancer is a huge thing to even, I don't know, I like, it's like life or death, essentially. Well, that's the whole thing. And do you want that on your conscience of like being like, I recommended this, somebody really believed my words, and then they didn't make it. I don't want that on my conscience but they get aggressive they're like don't get a biopsy they'll tell you they're they're it's the most aggressive i want almost want to like add you it's the most aggressive the way that they speak to you it's like you're dumb like you know nothing and you're an idiot and you oh wow their word is bond in those groups like and you're an idiot if you ask any questions or you do anything that's like anything like your doctor tells you you're an idiot and it's I have to add it I have to add you to it it's crazy yeah you know what I was just gonna ask you like do these people get the lump out and then they go the natural route or they actually some of these people like don't even recommend doing surgery like don't do a biopsy don't like you're gonna you're gonna like create I don't know you know I guess like more like multiplying cell I don't know whatever they you know they whatever their rants are in it but um, they'll, they'll blame like the people being like, well, yeah, that's your fault because you went and got a biopsy. And it's like, you need a biopsy to know that you have cancer. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like your, your yeah. doctor can't rule that out or like rule out what type, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, obviously certain things like you could see like skin cancer and like things like from the outside you can see, but like when you go in there. No, not from the inside. Yeah. Anything inside your body is just not, you know. Nothing to play around with. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Back in Seattle, when, you know, my general doctor, she was a naturopathic doctor. And, you know, like when I came to her and was concerned about the lump that I had and 
you know, she did like the breast exam and all of that. Like she recommended to get an ultrasound. You know, she was like, let's get an ultrasound. She was very pro of let's figure this out. And then once she got the notification that I was diagnosed with breast cancer, she called me and she didn't tell me anything of like, do all these things and you'll feel better. She basically said that once you go through like the surgery and the chemo and all that, like I can help you with some of like natural medication in order to like combat your symptoms. But that's the only thing that she mentioned. She didn't mention of here's what you can do to like get rid of this cancer. It was more about combat symptoms. So I question what these women are saying in these natural like Facebook groups because you know where where are they getting this information from you and I believe in science and in order to live we would rather listen to a doctor exactly and also too I mean like the success rates of chemotherapy like they had told me from the beginning like you know you're under 40 we always recommend chemo as she told me she was like we're not even going to give you what is the um the the number they give you the score for your tumor well, she's like we're not even doing one she's like because you're you know you're a candidate for you know you're young like you had i had i not done chemo we have a higher reoccurrence rate so you know um for me i guess it was just like never an option like i just always knew from the time she told me i was gonna have to do it like that was it you know did you do any lifestyle like diets did you you know did you what what did you do as far as like okay you got diagnosed like did you read books did you what was your like did you just continue life as it is or did you make some changes so I stopped dancing and doing area yoga when I discovered that I was diagnosed so that was the sad part unfortunately Mm -hmm. um my social life definitely diminish but one of the things that I try to Mm -hmm. do is is live a stress-free lifestyle you know getting enough sleep drinking enough water not really worrying about the small things and not having anxiety over those small things either or even at work I tell myself this is just work and before I was diagnosed, I was very stressed from work. The new job that I got back in January, like, was very stressful, you know, kind of working long hours during the day. And so that really impacted, like, mental health and, and definitely physical health. When I came back to work, I, I like, tried to promise myself that like I'm never going to do that to myself again so in terms of like that type of lifestyle Mm -hmm. that's what I try to do um dieting I'm doing like the fast mimicking diet each time I do the infusion um but that's pretty much it (laughs) that I've done how about you well I met with my friend's mom who told me not to do chemo but she she gave me like a ton of books and a ton of um, like some supplements. So like I was doing SEAC tea twice a day. It's like a natural tea. You can get it at, um, you could brew it yourself or you could buy it like already pre-bottled and mixed. And uh, it actually has, it's like proven. It has uh, like, it can shrink your tumors. 
prevent tumors. It doesn't taste like anything. I do it a shot in the morning and a shot, and I still do it, you know, even though my tumor is gone. Um, and what else did she gave me? Colloidal silver, which I've just stopped using because of chemo. Like, you know, they just tell you not to take anything. I did an alkaline diet for about a month and a half, which was really good. I felt like my energy was really great. And, you know, the recipes were really, um, none of it was mm-hmm. like too insane. You know, like it was easy. A lot of plant-based. Uh, most of it was plant-based. But it was exhausting. I had to like pee on sticks to make sure my pH, because the whole mm-hmm. thing for the alkaline diet is they say that cancer grows in a acidic environment. So you're trying to keep your pH balanced mm-hmm. or like alkalines, you know? Um, so I would have mm-hmm. to like pee on these like test strips to see if I was like acidic. I had to drink alkaline water and it was exhausting. Like the foods and everything were great. Like I definitely felt good on it, but it was just like trying to get myself into the alkaline state. Like it was just, I was like stressed out. And then I got to the point where I was mm-hmm. like, I already have cancer. This is exhausting. I'm killing myself trying mm-hmm. to like keep up with this and I'm done. Like, you want know what? If I want to have a piece of candy, I'm going to have a piece of candy. If I want to have some red meat, I'm going to have some red meat. And now I just make sure I do like as much organic as possible, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it comes to meats and things like that and milk and cheese. And that was my one thing where I was like, okay, like that's the lifestyle. Like we all should be doing that, you know? I definitely went more towards the organic part. I make sure now that the stuff that I purchase from a grocery store is organic, no pesticides, you know, just right. Like as natural yes. as possible. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and everything in moderation. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, that was one of the first things they tell you is like, you know, sugar and red meat and alcohol. And it's like, you know what? If I want to have a glass of wine, I'm gonna allow myself to have a glass of wine. Am I gonna drink an entire bottle of wine? hope not but yeah I'm not gonna you know like this is hard enough yes I did read on those like Facebook groups there, there's very conflicting information there are some oncologists that would tell their patients that like sugar feeds cancer and so like there are some people who actually changed their whole entire diet and it's not a bad thing at all everything moderation and Mm -hmm. you know what my like oncologist tells me is like just have a balanced diet meal you know your protein your greens you know yeah it's funny I've been craving more protein than anything uh I try to be careful with the salads because you know greens as far as how clean they get you know um but like literally I want like a steak every night (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I mean like my you know when I went last time I was like how can I keep my platelets up for chemo and she was like red meat and I was like say no more (laughs) that's what I crave right now (laughs) that's so funny you know yeah um so it's good you know what I'm trying to do is buy candy that's more organic and um doesn't have all these like harsh ingredients so that's kind of like the route and the transition that I'm trying to go towards because I'm a candy lover and you know if I can find candy that's a little bit better for you <laughs> um I will try to do that for sure so to find better alternatives is 
what I try to live by. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. Sharing our stories with you has been incredibly healing for both of us, and we hope it helps other women in their journeys through breast cancer. Ladies, if you enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends. Help us reach more women by subscribing and rating us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also follow us on Instagram at tyftspodcast, and our email is tyftspodcast at gmail.com. We will link any resources from the episode in our show notes.